Hey friends, welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain, and I'm so glad you were with me today. Thank you for riding along with me on this little podcast, our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God, the grace of Jesus, while living, leading, and overcoming the everyday challenges that we face in life. This is episode number 95. I can't believe that we are encroaching upon 100 episodes in this podcast. I'm so grateful for you, my faithful listeners and followers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being in this journey with me. Hey, don't forget to check out, as always, LanceBain.com. There are many great resources that are there available for you. You can also contact me through the website. You can uh, send me an email. You can live, you can uh, not live stream, but stream uh, this podcast and all the other episodes that are available. And I would love for you to do that. I'm also available now on Amazon in their music podcast. We're available on Spotify. We're available on many platforms, iTunes, podcast. So we're just so grateful that you are with us today. And hey, we're going to continue in our little series on leadership maxims. Leadership maxims, part number three. You know, I've learned in, uh, golly, probably 25 plus years of leading in a not-for-profit organization uh, where volunteerism is a key to the success of your organization and that the great point of leverage or influence that you have with people is through relationships, through uh, finding a way to blend and to achieve a win-win in your leadership where the individual is winning because they're growing and and they're being developed and they're being loved and cared for. They're being shepherded well and uh, promoted and and just invested in. And then there's the win professionally for the organization, for the team, for the sales team, for the church, for the small group, for the leadership, executive level organization, that that group is winning because People individually are winning. So you have personal growth and development and success, and you have professional growth and development and success. And our podcast sort of sets a bullseye on the crosshairs of personal growth and professional growth. And in leading for 25 plus years, relational influence and relational equity is critical to your success as a leader. And I've learned that the more influence and freedom that we obtain in leadership, the more we must be self-governing. We have to really manage ourselves well so that we can lead and love well other people. And by self-governing, when we have freedom as a leader, what I'm really talking about is a lifestyle that expresses self-control. And these leadership maxims that we've talked about for the last previous two podcasts, are offered with the intent and the hope and the purpose of providing for us some wisdom and insight that will help us be self-controlled and life-giving leaders. So with that kind of as a foundation, let's talk about part three of Leadership Maxims. 
Okay, now part three. Um, a maxim really is just a short, pithy statement that's expressing truth. It's a short, a pithy statement that should be expressing some kind of truth. Often, maxims are written and constructed in such a way that there's a lot of alliteration or there's a rhyme or it's just very succinct, yet it's very do, deep and it's a uh, level of truth and its influence and its impact. And let me just recap and just sort of remind you uh, of the four maxims that we've already talked about. And we've done, we did two in uh, episode number 93, and we did two in episode 94, and we'll do two more today. The first two that we covered were this, don't allow circumstances to dictate atmosphere. Don't allow circumstances to dictate atmosphere. Oftentimes, circumstances are out of our control, but what's not out of our control is how we respond to these circumstances. And as a leader, you want to make sure that you're keeping an atmosphere that allows for honesty, for feedback, for celebration, for challenge, etc. So don't allow your circumstances to dictate atmosphere. The second one, bring clarity where there is confusion, direction, where there is distraction and focus when things are foggy. Clarity, direction, and focus are critical for us as a leader. The third maxim was let your leadership speak for itself. Let your leadership speak for itself. And the fourth one was be secure enough to let the real you emerge. Be secure enough to let the real you emerge emerge. So you can listen to the two previous podcasts, episode 93 and episode 94, to learn more of what I talked about in those four maxims. Today, in part three, let me share with you maxim number five. Stick with people through their good times and tough times. That's how you build a loyal culture. Stick with people through their good times and tough times. That's how you build a loyal culture. Now, let me just share with you some key ideas to kind of unpack that maxim for a little bit. Uh, love is the parent of loyalty. Love is the parent of loyalty. I love loyalty. It's a it's a very important value in my life, as it probably is in in your life. And and I love being loyal to people. I love it when people are loyal to me. I have the privilege of leading a local church in my community in Connecticut, and they're such a loyal group of people. They're so supportive and so loving. I have a, a great team that I have the privilege of leading, a, a multi-ethnic team, multi-generational team, and I love that we are experiencing a loyalty to a loyalty to each other, and that loyalty is really just one way that we express love. And loyalty is what's required to stick with people through good times and bad times. Because good times, we often lose sight of people. We can, uh, because there's no crisis, because their circumstances aren't loud, clamoring for attention, we can often lose sight of, of some people in our lives. We don't reach out as much. We don't connect as much. We don't meet with as often. We don't think about as, as frequently as we might. And then there's the sort of opposite extreme of that when they're in really tough times, we don't think about them or don't want to think about them because we may not feel helpful or we don't want to pick up their stress 
or they're not doing what we've recommended they do to get out of that tough situation. And so in either case, whether it's a great time or a tough time, our loyalty to them means we show up, we're present, we reach out. So here's a few questions that I would ask you to consider when you think about sticking with people through good times and tough times, because that's how we build a loyal culture. How will you know how others are doing? How will you know how others are doing? Uh, you know, in our, our world, we say to folks, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, yeah, man, I'm good. Hey, hey, how you doing, sister? Hey, yeah, I'm doing fine. We just give these, you know, pretty surfacey answers, and sometimes those on us, but a lot of times people are just saying, I'm fine, I don't want to be bothered, and if I tell you I'm fine, then you'll leave me alone. We've got to find an honest way to figure out how other people are doing and build the kind of rapport in the relationship that makes room for authenticity and honesty, that people can genuinely say, hey, I'm really struggling today, or man, I just had this phenomenal thing happen. I am on top of the moon. You've got to have a way to uh, figure out how other people are doing because you want to know if it's good time, tough time, and how does my loyalty show up? The second question is, what will you do to stay connected? What will you do to stay connected with other people uh, in good times and tough times? What's the best forms of communication? Uh, I had a friend one time that they would uh, they were leading a team and they would text their team and uh, their team wouldn't respond within an hour. And if he didn't get some sort of <laughs> text message back within an hour, he felt very frustrated. He felt devalued. They don't care about this. And and, and just talking through that practically, I said, hey, man, your team has got other jobs and they're working. What if their boss doesn't allow them to text you in the middle of the workday? So just that practical idea where he had to go to his team and get some clarity and get some understanding. He had to adjust his own expectations. You want to know what's, the, what's your plan for staying connected and what's a realistic uh, expectation to your plan and what kind of connection or communication is needed based upon the situation? Uh, a really great breakthrough, a raise, something phenomenal happens, or a really low moment may require more than a text message, it may require more than an email, may require a phone call or even a personal visit of some kind. The third question under the key ideas of how you're going to stick with people through good times and tough times, because that's how you build a loyal culture, is in what ways will you offer support and celebration? In what ways will you offer support and celebration? Now, this isn't about communication and how you're going to connect. This is really about love languages. This is about helping people identify what they need or what they're looking for and then commit to help meet that need as best as you can. So stick with people through their good times and tough times. That's how you build a loyal culture. Love is the parent of loyalty, so you want to be motivated by love, and just consider, what will, how will I know how others are doing, what will I do to stay connected with them, and in what ways can I offer support and celebration? All right, here's maxim number six. Don't allow today's disappointment to determine tomorrow's expectations. Don't allow today's disappointment to determine tomorrow's expectation. Uh, this is a, a big one for leaders. Uh, I think we're often confronted 
with disappointment. And I think and believe that not only are we confronted with disappointment, we have a choice on what we're going to do with disappointment. Disappointment is the unannounced neighbor or the unannounced family member, kind of like Cousin Eddie in the Griswold vacation series, if you know those movies. Cousin Eddie just shows up, you know. No one really enjoys Cousin Eddie, but there he is. And disappointment is kind of like Cousin Eddie. No one really enjoys it, but it just shows up in our lives. And Cousin Eddie, when he shows up today, when disappointment shows up today, it wants to influence your tomorrow. Not only does it want to corrupt your today, it wants to negatively affect your tomorrow. And a a great leader, a good leader will have a plan on what they're going to do when disappointment shows up. What do I do when Cousin Eddie, Mr. Disappointment, shows up in my life or in my organization? So here's a few key ideas to help us discover more about not allowing today's disappointment to determine tomorrow's expectations. Uh, Number one, don't feed your disappointment. Don't feed your disappointment. Oftentimes, as a spiritual leader, as a person who works with folks that are dealing with uh, some of the very difficult aspects of living, as a pastor, oftentimes, I, I get a glimpse of people's lives when it's at its worst. A divorce, a death of a loved one, loss of a job, uh, a negative doctor's report, uh, a, a broken friendship or broken relationship happens. You can so easily, because you see people's lives at some of their worst moments, can really begin to let your hope begin to fade, your sense of positive expectation and your belief for great things begins to diminish. And that's the effect of disappointment. And what we can do so easily is rehearse in our mind and in our heart all the negative narratives, and that's how you feed disappointment. We have to stop feeding disappointment by making a case against God about why he's not coming through, making a case against other people or other situations that haven't served us or done what we've hoped for. And by making a case, which is another way of blaming or uh, relinquishing or uh, resisting responsibility, avoiding responsibility. We we do that by making a case against other things, and so we blame shift, and that's how you feed disappointment. And I would encourage you, friends, to stop feeding your disappointment. And in reality, you need to feed your hope, and here's one way you can do that. The second key idea, remember times in your life when God did something amazing. Remember those times in your life when God did something amazing. There's a scripture in the book of Exodus in the Bible where Moses, who is called to lead over a million people out of not just literal slavery from Egypt, but a slave mentality that they had because of their lifestyle in Egypt. There's a point at which Moses asks God this question. He makes this statement to God, this question to God. He says, God, would you teach me your ways so that I might know you? Would you teach me your ways so that I might know you? Uh, The knowledge of God comes through an understanding of the ways of God. And when you choose to remember times that God did something amazing, what you want to be asking yourself is, 
What am I learning about God in that miracle, in that story, in that memory that I call to attention that reminds me God is really good, He's really powerful, He's for me, even if in this moment I'm experiencing really painful disappointment. So what are you learning about God as you recall these amazing moments? Key idea number three is to make sure you associate with people that lift you up. Hang around positive people. Hang around people that know how to overcome disappointment. Hang around people that know how to feed their hope, know how to feed their faith. And then the fourth key idea is maybe too simplistic, but I think it's such a a powerful point, is to pray. It's to ask God to help you have faith in Him and faith in other people that tomorrow can be filled with great things and hopeful things and powerful things, powerful moments and breakthroughs and friendships and increased sales, new clients and new contracts and new salvations and new conversions and new small groups that God wants to do great and awesome things for you. And prayer is one way in which we engage God's heart and by faith in the Son of God who laid down his life for me and who loves me praying to him is one way that I'm going to say disappointment you're here today but you will not affect and influence my tomorrow's expectations all right stick with people through their good times and tough times it's how you build a loyal culture and don't allow today's disappointments to determine tomorrow's expectations hey don't forget to check out lancebane.com for a copy of today's handwritten notes and we love you guys talk to you next week